Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Losses Above Replacement, the greatest baseball podcast to grace your ears. I'm today's host, Matthias Altman Kurosaki, and with me, as always, we have my amazing co-hosts, Alex Clark and Ryan Splashpots. Gentlemen, my main men, as we always begin every show, how are we doing on this fine Monday evening? It is an interesting Monday. I am absolutely ecstatic. Though right now for a couple reasons. One, MLB the show just came out 23. It's actually really good this year. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Uh second bit though is that baseball's almost here. <laughs> We're just a couple days away from opening day. I'm going to the skills showdown the day before, opening day and day after. I am so unbelievably excited, especially for since you know it's been a very long off season. Woo, corner, the around is baseball. Pot splash, Ryan, am I hello? Baseball is back, ladies and gentlemen. I will be at opening day, just, just like Alex, in the nation's capital. Um, hopefully the Braves win. They haven't won a uh, opening day game since SunTrust Park was a thing. Ronald Acuna was a prospect, and Nick Marcakis walked off the Phillies. So hopefully they win. I try to do something different, so maybe they'll win. I need to know what was that? What was that? AI? That sounded like it was either like chat, like a chat AI bot, or did you just go do your intro in reverse? Uh, I did my intro in reverse. I I respect that. I I, I really do. Yeah, full uh, full um, respect. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Uh, for me, I mean, I I am super excited for baseball too. Obviously, uh, and I, you know, it's weird because I feel like this off season went by quicker than normal. Uh, and it, it, it really it almost hasn't even registered in my brain that like, man, baseball begins this week, uh, you know, the regular season. So I'm super pumped. Uh, I'm not going to Florida this week, it turns out. But, hey, I'm still looking forward to this baseball season getting underway. So I say we jump in and get started. Last week, we did our standings predictions. This week, we are making our awards predictions. And we are going to start out with the Rookie of the Year, which I, I feel like is always one of the hardest awards to project but this year we'll start in the american league i feel like there are two guys who've really separated themselves from the rest of the field guys who do you have winning the american league rookie of the year i'll start this off here so i think for me right now yeah there's a couple different names there that are in the race especially considering that two of them are from the same team but for me right now i'm gonna go with gunner henderson i think gunner henderson is a fantastic player and even on an Orioles team that seems to be getting younger and younger, which again, fully, fully uh, approving of. Um, I don't think the Orioles themselves are still going to have themselves an amazing year, but Gunner is one, which actually, to be fair, that actually makes things even better for him. It lets him get a lot more of the spotlight without having a lot of the, um, having as much of the spotlight and having as much of the pressure put solely on him. And it's going to be really interesting to see how both Gunnar Henderson and Adley Rushman work together, especially since they're both now coming in. And what is essentially a rookie year still for Adley? I mean, he didn't pl- like, he played a lot last year, obviously, but the, that's the thing with a lot of rookies into going to their second year. The second year almost always is a sophomore slump. So I want to see what Adley's going to do with it, but I think Gunnar Henderson is going to be a fantastic addition to the Orioles team. Yeah, absolutely. There's a reason that Henderson is the leader in AL Rookie of the Year odds, Um, but I'm actually going to take the guy that is third in AL Rookie of the Year odds right now, and that is Masataka Yoshida. 
uh, left fielder for the Boston Red Sox. He's coming over from Japan, so he's a little older, and I think he's going to have that advantage of he's played at a super high level in the NPB, and he just came from the World Baseball Classic, which was a ballsy move. First year in the majors, first spring training, and he goes out and wins the championship for his country. So big kahunas there. Uh, excellent contact bat. He's one of the few guys that's projected to have a batting average over 290, according to fan graphs. And he's a guy that I think will have the full package as a left fielder, solid defensively, and he can hit for some power. I expect him to have a major rookie of the year case based on the plate discipline, the contact skills, and maybe Boston overachieves a little bit, wins 85, 90 games, competes for a playoff spot, and that would be a feather in Yoshida's cap. Yeah, so it, it's uh, come to think of it, it's mainly the AL East that has a lot of these, like the leading candidates, because the Yankees just announced they're going to be bringing Anthony Volpe on board. The Red Sox have Yoshida, and then the Orioles have both Grayson Rodriguez and Gunnar Henderson. Uh, I'm going with Gunnar Henderson, though. Uh, like like Alex said, I mean, he's I mean, he, him and Adley, I think, are going to be really leading that charge for a young Orioles team. And Henderson last year, I mean, he rose through the minors so quickly, tore up double A with the 1,025 OPS, tore up triple A with an 894 OPS, came to the majors and he put up a 123 OPS plus, a 788 OPS in 132 plate appearances. So he was, uh, he looked major league ready at the age of 21. And he's, he's going to be 21 for about half of the season. I'm super excited to watch Gunnar Henderson play a full year. So give me Gunnar Henderson. Although, like I said, the AL East is full of intriguing oh, rookies yeah. this year. Yeah. It's, oh, it's going, it's going to be, a, yeah. it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think it's going to be really it. Yeah, I think it's going to be really fun just watching the AL East because of the young rookies. Like, it's all, a lot of the talk when it comes to AL East is on guys like Aaron Judge, who, again, coming off one of the most incredible seasons we've ever seen. But I think right now, especially when it comes to the Yankees, Volpe is going to be definitely a guy to watch. Do I think he's going to be the best, though? No, just because I think the combo of Gunnar Henderson alongside Adley in that quote, "Quote unquote infield." Do you guys call the the catcher position in in the infield? Yeah, yeah, not really. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, they still work together. They're, it's closer than you know, catcher and center field. Yeah, but that's not saying much. I do yeah, want to so, throw out. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. I, I do want to throw out ahead. Tristan Costas as a fun name. Uh, really slugged last oh, yeah. year. Didn't hit for much average, but he's going to be the everyday first baseman in Boston. So if you want to have a little bit of a Kosuke Fukudome pick if you will, uh, maybe go Tristan Costas and fade Masataka Yoshida a little bit. And for some behind the scenes, we have unofficially called the rookie of the year, the Kosuke Fukudome award because we love MLB power pros. Um, and he was the go-to pick in the national league, even though his teammate won it in real life. Yeah. Giovanni Soto, I, of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we, we, we at every chance we get, we have to put in more MLB power pros, 2008 love. It is a requirement on this podcast. I mean, to be fair, especially considering that now there actually is another power pros baseball. Power game pros in game, yeah. Yeah. Like, yay. Yay. But we have to keep on, we got to keep on pressing out the love because again, remember that game only came out after we started really pushing out that kind of content. So we are one hundred percent the pioneers going forward. Exactly. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I mean, um, so we all picked an AL East player, basically, though, and yeah, I, I'm glad you mentioned Tristan Costas because he's 
he, he, I was really impressed with his approach at the plate. And also his younger brother, by the way, Gavin Casas is a monster for South Carolina right now. Anyways, let's move over to the national league. Rookie, uh, rookie of the year there, this, again, I feel like there's a couple of guys who, who are, who should be the clear favorites for this, uh, this award splash. You go first here. Who do you have winning the NL rookie of the year? So I do want to shout out some under the radar guys here. We have Brandon fought of the Arizona diamondbacks, a pitcher, and one guy I like a little bit is Garrett Mitchell of the Milwaukee Brewers. But my pick for National League Rookie of the Year is none other than Jordan Walker. This is the devil magic pick. Look, He has this weird profile. He strikes out a lot. He hits for power. He's going to play in right field. Um, going to play a corner outfield spot so he can use his arm. He's not going to play third because of Nolan Arenado. But the Cardinals always seem to get production out of these random guys and of course walker is a top five prospect so not really random but he was in double a last year raked he's not even 21 yet i think if he gets that early power surge he could be a guy that hits 25 home runs as a rookie and is playing every day for a 90 win cardinals team that's going to run away with the nl central and i think that's like i said with yoshida a feather in his cap that he's contributing to a good team contributing to a playoff team unlike a a guy I think both of you might pick, or at least one of you might pick playing out in the desert. Yeah. So for me right now, I actually, as much as I like the player that's going to be out in the desert, I think he very well is going to be one of the top contenders. I'm actually going to go with a player over in the NL East as Kodai Senga is my pick for this. Sorry, sorry, Splash. I know, I know. But here's my thing with it, especially with this being, you know, the Kosuke Fukudome award here you got to go with a player that has a little bit more experience especially a guy that's 30 years old that did insanely well over in japan again a career 2.42 era over in japan i mean and then on top of in his first major league spring training and of honestly pretty respectable era of four like i think overall i love seeing experience in pitchers, especially when you guys come over, when they come over for it. Like, again, it's the Ichiro model where you get all, a lot of experience over in Japan, then come over to the MLB and absolutely wreck shop. Right now, Senga is a good pitcher, is one that I think is going to do a lot of good work with the Mets, especially considering the fact of the rotation that New York already has in guys like Verlander and Scherzer. He's not just kind of like the same argument as with Gunnar Henderson. The fact that not all the pressure is going to be on him. He's going to be a middle to a back end starter, and he's still going to have insane value at that level. So I, I was very tempted to go with Senga here. Uh, but I have to go with Corbin Carroll. And I, I heavily considered Jordan Walker for this award too. But when I look at Carroll, I mean, he just absolutely torched the minors last year, hitting 23 homers with 31 steals, an OPS over 1,000. I mean, there, there was just not much not to like. And then when he got called up to the majors, I mean, the dude is the fastest runner in baseball. And he, he slugged 500 in 115 plate appearances, giving him an 830 OPS. I mean, obviously small sample size, and he still strikes out a lot. But this is a guy I can see having a Julio Rodriguez type season, you know, a 25-25 year as a rookie. And he's young. I really like his swing. I love his speed. I love his defense. He's going to be playing left field this year. That that outfield with, with him and Alec Thomas, I don't see much getting past them. Uh, so I have Carroll winning. There's great cases for Walker and Senga too, though. So, I 
so it's I Carol though he's really the full package is what I mean. I think Walker. I'm curious to see how he does in the outfield as a guy who's mainly played the infield. Yeah, what's up, Alex? Oh no, no, I was just prepared to say something afterwards. What you're saying? Oh yeah, because I I agree that Carol is a fantastic player, and I think like the Julio Rodriguez comparison is a really good one because again, what we saw from Carol, while he may not have the exact power that a guy like Julio does, he's got that speed in droves and is one that again, there's a reason why they say speed kills in the MLB. If you have great speed, you will have a team no matter what. Look at Billy Hamilton, who continues to find his way onto teams. Look at other players that they will build teams around you because you could be a leadoff hitter. You could be a number nine hitter. You could be a number two hitter if you can hit a little bit better. Like, it is really – it's really something when you have that speed as a huge weapon – I just right now personally went with Senga because I like the experience from the MPB, which is, I think, a lot closer to Major League Baseball than AAA yeah. is. I think that I don't I think agree. that's too much of a stretch. No, no, no. Um, that's that's a fair that's a fair statement, in my opinion. Yeah. And Jordan Walker, especially dude, the guy is gonna be amazing, I think. I think Walker, especially since he's also gonna be playing a lot of time at designated hitter, we think. Uh, he's going to be a guy that is going to get a lot of time at the dish, not a lot of pressure on him. I think a lot more pressure than guys like Carroll or Senga, but he's going to have, again, the uh, great work team around him to really work on that, especially since he does want to go move over to third base. What a be- better mentor to learn from than Nolan Arenado. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Walker Walker is a star in the making. My God, he's going to be hitting in a very dangerous St. Louis lineup. And, and the more the more and more I think about that Cardinals lineup, the more ridiculous it seems. And I think I feel like they've almost flown under the radar, which is weird to say. But anyways, we're going to move along to the Cy Young Awards, which we have also coined the Zach Duke Award. Uh, and so we're going to start in the American League. And I'll go first here. And I feel like this is a, an award where it's tough to pick a single favorite for it. But I generally like picking dark horses for these. And so I am going to go this year with George Kirby from the Seattle Mariners. And and I I feel like this probably catches a lot of people by surprise. But, uh, you know, you look at what he did as a rookie last year, uh, you know, 3.39 ERA in 130 innings. But what really impressed me was the 6-to-1 strikeout-to-walk ratio. I think, you know, he was sixth in rookie of the year voting this year. That was a ridiculously packed field led by his own teammate, Julio Rodriguez. I think Kirby, over the course of a full season, I'm not maybe, okay, maybe the comparison to Tim Linscombe would be a lot. You know, a guy who takes a huge jump his sophomore year in the majors. But I think Kirby's going to have a huge season. I feel like it's a little early to call him the ace of that Mariners pitching staff. But I think by the end of the year, he might be the ace. So I have Kirby as my dark horse pick winning the Cy Young. Alex, I'm going to send it over to you for this one. Man, I when you said Kirby, man, I was shocked, but I love it. I Look, if Kirby plays even remotely like that this year, I, I, I think the Mares may have one of the best rotations in all of baseball. But um, oh yeah, I'm I'm actually going to keep with the Mariners on this one, and I went back and forth. I'll I'll pull the curtain a little bit back on this. I had five different names I was looking at 
for this. And one kept jumping out to me, and maybe it was my Homer brain, I'm not sure. But I just didn't like the other ones, like, for reasons, like, for any number of reasons. But I'm going to keep it with the Mariners, and I, but I'm not going with Kirby as much as I would absolutely love to. I am going to go with the current ace right now in Luis Castillo. Luis Castillo put together a phenomenal 2022. And if he pitches anything more like that, leading Seattle to another playoff appearance, I think it's going to be hard not to give him the award. There's a lot of good players in the American League pitching wise. You've got Shane McClanahan. You've got a potential Jacob deGrom. You've got, you know, Garrett Cole. You've got a bunch of people that could do amazing work. Heck, I mean, even Emmanuel Class A as a reliever is, you know, again, not a dark horse pick either. Like, he's he's one of the favorites. But when you look at what Luis Castillo did in Seattle and Cincinnati last year, he finished the season with a 2.99 ERA. For a guy that went from one set to completely switched teams, which is a huge mental barrier for a lot of pitchers to have to work with a new catcher, to work with a new team, he did incredibly well with it, keeping the ERA pretty similar between his time in Cincinnati and Seattle. Now what happens when you give him a full year with Cal Raleigh? What's going to happen at that point? I think that's going to make him only stronger, especially since he's going to have a lot more support now, which means a lot more comfort on the bump. So right now, my early pick, I'm going to go with one Luis Castillo. So for full transparency, I had a different player about an hour ago, but Tristan McKenzie suffered an injury and he will be out a month and a half to two months. So he is no longer my pick for obvious reasons. So I believe I'm going with an even darker horse than what Mac chose. Based on the odds, George Kirby is 70 to one plus 7,000 to win the Cy Young. My pick isn't even on the board. And that is one Patrick Sandoval of the Los Angeles Angels. I know he just balled out in the World Baseball Classic, so I would imagine that is clouding my judgment to some degree. But I like Sandoval. I like what he brings. And he is a guy that I think will be able to pitch better as the Angels get better. And the Angels have made a bunch of savvy moves. I've hyped them up, hyped them up all offseason with their like adding Brandon Drury, adding Hunter Renfro, adding adding these little pieces to get better. And one piece that I think is critical is a returning piece, David Fletcher playing shortstop. And that's going to improve the defense, and that's going to let Sandoval cook, really. So last year, he didn't allow a lot of hard hits, 79th percentile, 77th percentile average exit velocity, 76th percentile barrel rate, 76th percentile whip rate. Just good peripherals there. There were some expected batting average a little lower than he wanted to be fastball spin a little lower than he wanted to be but i think he can make that next step and last year he posted an era below four or sorry an era below three his fip was right around three he doesn't allow many home runs doesn't allow a lot of hard contact and he's going to be not the ace because shohei otani exists but the under the radar ace for the los angeles angels Yes. I mean, yeah, I was not expecting that. <laughs> you know, the thing is, but, though, I really yeah. like Sandoval. So, like, I think mm-hmm. that he, he's a guy, he doesn't allow a lot of homers. And, like you said, he induces a fair amount of soft contact. So, he might not be the flashiest pitcher, but he is a very good pitcher. I'll say that. Oh, 100%. Much. 100%. And on top of it, you brought up Otani. Everyone's eyes are on Otani. And whenever he's on the bump, people seem to prepare a little bit more, which may take the eye off of 
you know, may take the eye off of him just a little bit. So I think he could definitely take that into his advantage. And I think you're right. I think he could have a fantastic year. Yeah. And he's a guy that has a 132 ERA plus over the last two seasons. That's awesome. That's, that's like very good. Maybe not ace level. That's probably in the 150 range, but I think a, a big breakout could come this season. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of people have sort of are sort of sleeping on him. So, like I mean, like you said, his his odds aren't even listed for the Cy Young yet. So, uh, anyways, let's move on to the National League side. Uh, Alex, let's go to you first on this. Who do you have winning the NL Cy Young? Yeah, so for me on the NL Cy Young, this one was a little bit easier than the AL side, but for me, like. There was, again, there's a ton of names that were the favorites for me. Like, and to be fair, two of them are on the Mets. But, uh, look, I Verlander's good. Verlander's extremely good, so is Scherzer. I'm deciding that, you know what? I like the incumbent here. I like Sandy Alcantara. Because he does one thing, one thing exceptionally well. He is an innings eater. And not only is he an innings eater, he's very good during those inning meals as I will call them or maybe I shouldn't but whenever you watch him pitch man he does something that is so unlike anyone nowadays again that we talked about it before on podcast that he is that old style pitcher the one that can go deep you can give the bullpen basically a day off or like you know 75% of the bullpen a day off at this point and he's still going to give you a fantastic outing and a more than likely shot that you're going to win that game with how well he pitched last year the fact that he was one of the only pitchers in all of baseball to throw a complete game not, let alone a complete game shutout which is just so unheard of in today's baseball Again, you go back 10 years, and yeah, you know, there's going to be a lot more. But over the course of that 10, it's an art that has gone away so much. So now that you have this guy that is doing it in 2022, now going into 2023, in my opinion, he has to be the favorite. Yeah, I mean, Sandy, I mean, it's 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 hard to not say he's the favorite. That's the thing. It's because, like you guys, like you were saying, he's an innings eater. He's a workhorse. And he also can throw the ball 100 miles per hour. So, I mean, that's that's the difference between him and, like, the old-school workhorse like Mark Burley or Greg Maddox or Tom Glavin, like guys who are more soft tossers. But Sandy can reach back and give you triple digits uh, whenever he wants, basically. And he had more complete games than any team did in 2022, which is insane. He- my he's, pick. A, he's a young, uh, sorry, I'll say this yeah. last little bit on it. He's a young Felix or a young Verlander. Yeah, no, that's, that that's actually exactly <laughs> what I was thinking is that, he, yeah, I mean, yeah, basically, I mean, Verlander was the last guy to throw 250 innings in a season. I remember uh, Felix would normally be 230 or so, 240 sometimes. I think he I threw just remember 249 one, one year. Yeah, I think so. I just remember one yeah. that I'll never forget that it was in like the eighth or ninth. I think it was in the eighth inning to end it out. He reached back through a 100 mile per hour fastball to end the inning. And I'm like, yeah. how the heck is this guy at 90 pitches throwing 100 miles an hour? No, that's, that's why I see a Sandy Alcantara. That's what I mean is that, you know, you got guys who, who save their bullets. They don't just like, you know, come out of the gates throwing 100 and then they're down to like 95 by the fourth inning. Uh, but my pick is is the aforementioned Justin Verlander. Uh, You know, the last two full seasons he's pitched, he's won the Cy Young. He's shown 
basically no signs of slowing down. I understand he's entering his age 40 season, but I mean, last year, 1.75 ERA, even if he, you know, maybe he doesn't throw 200 innings again, but I have high expectations for him. And if I'm picking one of the Mets aces and I'm not just saying this because he's in bet, but I'm trusting him more than Scherzer to stay on the field more. And I, I, I'm not saying Scherzer, I'm just going to predict Scherzer is injured all year or something. But I think that Verlander has I is more trustworthy to avoid the injury list. You guys took two of the three two of the three favorites, and I'm gonna go in a little bit of a different direction here. My guy throws a hundred. My guy had a big end to the season last year. My guy wears red. My guy is increasing in popularity day by day, it seems. So my National League Cy Young Award pick, my Zach Duke Award pick, is Hunter Green of the Cincinnati Reds. And Ooh, I like you, that. When you look at the profile last year, one thing you look at with young pitchers is how do you respond to adversity? How throughout the season, what happens when those calendar pages start turning? Do you get better? And outside of an injury that cost him all but one start in August. Hunter Green lowered his ERA each subsequent month. It was a 6 in April. It was a 5-8 in May, a 5-4 in June, a 5-1 in July. Only pitched one game in August, but he didn't allow a run. And then a 0-7-8 in September. I'm not saying he's going to replicate the 0-7-8, but the metrics point towards Green figuring it out. His walk rate went down. His strikeout weight, strikeout rate went up. He was striking out 14 and a half batters per nine in September. Had a 5.3 strikeout to walk ratio after being in the twos for most of the season. And he's a guy, as soon as he figures out the walk problem, that's going to solve a lot of the home run issues that he has. Because the home runs, look at Justin Verlander, look at Garrett Cole. One run home runs are not going to end you. Three run home runs will and. Green was allowing a lot of those two-run, three-run Grand Slam homers last year. He allowed just 10 home runs in May at 20 home runs by the midway point of the season. That's not sustainable, but when they're solo shots, okay, you know, you throw 100, you're going to get hit hard sometimes. But he's a guy, 71st percentile expected batting average, 91st percentile strikeout rate, 99th percentile fastball velocity, 80th percentile whiff rate. I think all of those play. I know the numbers might not be there because he plays at great American ballpark, but he's a stud. And I think he has a big year this year. I, 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 I like this pick a lot. <laughs> I'll be full of real you splash. Uh, if you had not said at the very beginning of that, I'm going to go in a bit of a different direction. I thought you were just going to pick your boy Strider. But Honestly, I was uh, expecting yeah. Strider too. Um, yeah. I should have said uh, he had a big, big season last year, like a, some sort of like debut or his rookie season, but yeah. I, I forgot to mention that. <laughs> it's uh, all good. No, uh, I like Green though a lot. Yeah. I think it's a great pick. I think he is great stuff. And I remember I remember watching his start against the Mets back in July and like, you know, he had a high home run rate at the time. He'd already allowed like 22 home runs, but I think he is great stuff. I remember watching him pitch through the minors, you know, big fastball. Like, I, yeah, I, I have high hopes for Hunter Green this year. So I like that a lot. Now let's move over to the MVP awards. Uh, starting in the American League, by the way, we are also calling this the Pablo Sanchez Award, of course, named after the secret weapon, the greatest baseball player of all time, in my humble opinion. Uh, let's start with you, Splash. I feel like there is a, a couple heavy favorites 
for AL MVP, but who do you have winning the American League MVP? So as part of my manifesto that the Guardians win the World Series, I think it's J Ram's year. He's one of the best players in baseball. He checks off all the boxes, plays a good, has a good glove at third, runs fast, steals a lot of bases. He's a guy that I think could be a, you know, 30-30 guy with the new rules, with the the base, uh, the larger bases, the limited pickoffs, stuff like that. Although tangent, I wish the third pickoff move counted as a steal, stolen base, not a balk. I think that's stupid, but regardless. Ramirez, six-horse season last year, just continues to produce, and he's going to be in the middle of a lineup that's going to get on base a ton. He drove in 126 runs last year. I know I don't love RBI as a stat, but there are people out there that do. And he's a guy that's finished since twenty-eight or since 2017. Third, third, 2019, have down year. Second, sixth, fourth in MVP. Goldschmidt eventually won one last year. I think Ramirez eventually gets it and this year is the eventually so for me on this year i am surprising a grand total of zero people by picking shohei otani i mean i think it's the fair pick the fact that again we we know how good he is the fact that he plays two positions extremely well he's a hitter and a pitcher both at a stupidly high level we saw that in droves during the wbc that he still got it and he will continue to have it barring any level of injury knock on wood but the big thing that i see when it comes to him is that last year last year the only reason what he lost was because a player decided to have one of the greatest seasons in baseball history i don't think it's happening again and even with him having one of the great even with judge having one of the greatest seasons in baseball history it was still a debate about who was number one and that was with shohei arguably not even having his best pitching seasons or his best hitting season. That was, again, it was still a big debate, even with him not being at full 100%. It took a player being, it was like breaking a monumental record to even be in the discussion. So on this, it's not even close for me. It's Otani. Yeah. So I feel like Otani, like I said, Otani's the heavy favorite. He's going to be the heavy favorite every year. And, this in I think in my opinion, second right now is probably Aaron Judge. I mean, I'm not expecting Aaron Judge to hit 62 homers again, but Aaron Judge is an amazing ball player. But the guy I'm going with, and I it's weird saying that he's all of a sudden like an underdog in this race. I'm gonna go with Shohei's teammate. I'm going with Mike Trout. You know, you, you get this guy, he only played 120 games this year and still hit 40 homers, still had a six point three R war. Give this guy 140 games even, and he's hitting 50 homers, I think. And he's so good offensively. Like, he's he's underrated. I feel like people are underappreciating him, which is crazy to say. But I think Trout has a huge season, stays healthy for the most part. And because of that, I think he wins MVP. I think he helps the Angels at least get close to the postseason. I did pick them to make the wild card, so I think that's going to be part of it. So, anyway, that's the AL. Our final award, or actually not our final award, uh, NL MVP, though, uh, I'll, I'll kick it off here. And I have Manny Machado from the Padres. I think, you know, Splash, you sort of said it about J-Ram. I think this year Machado finally gets his. I know he finally got his large contract, but, uh, you know, he's he's a vacuum at third base. 
He had an 898 OPS, a career high 159 OPS plus. I just, I think the Padres are the favorites coming out of the NL. I think I picked them to, world, to win the World Series last week. I think Machado finally gets his. So uh, let's go to Alex first on this one. Uh, yes. So for my NL MVP, I think Machado is a fantastic pick. However, I'm going to go with his division rival, though, in Mookie Betts. I think Mookie is a fantastic player that is going to have a huge, huge year this year. And I think that overall, when you look at what he does, because the other name that I was thinking of is Juan Soto, because Soto is Soto and is one of the best hitters that we've ever seen. But overall, I like, I value the defense that Mookie has. I value the offensive power that he has. And I value the versatility that he has. I think right now, when you look at point for point in the in the National League, there are very few that come within the level that uh, Mookie Betts is. I think that Machado definitely comes up there, and it is going to be an amazing, like, amazing race in the NL this year. And for my pick, I'm going to go with the guy that's going to drive in Mookie Betts a bunch this year. Freddie Freeman of the Los Angeles Dodgers still pains me to say that. Last year had an underrated season because of how gold, how good Paul Goldschmidt was. Led the NL in runs, hits, doubles, and on-base percentage. And second year in LA. And MVP in other sports and sometimes baseball is a narrative award. And Judge captured the narrative. Otani captured the narrative. And I think this is a year that Freddie Freeman can capture the narrative because people are getting lower on the Dodgers. Oh, they lose Trey Turner. They um, they lose some of their pitchers. They don't have Cody Bellinger. They're they're losing pieces. But the top four of that lineup is still going to rake. And I think Freeman is a huge part of that. He's a guy that hit 325 last year, was a smidge short of winning the major league batting title. Thanks, Jeff McNeil. I think he's a guy that could hit maybe 330, have a 410, 415 on base percentage, perhaps walk more than he strikes out like he did the last time he won NL MVP and have a massive, massive season with the Dodgers. So Freddie Freeman's my National League MVP pick. Yeah, I could see Freeman. I mean, Freeman's a monster. I feel like it's hard to believe he only has one MVP. Uh, like I said, I feel like there's a ton of worthy candidates every year. Uh, so uh, and our last award uh, we are going to be doing, uh, we're going to call this the Dr. Good Job Award. Uh, it, we're basically going to award this to the most improved player in in both leagues. So we're going to start in the American League. Alex, I'm going to go to you on this one. Who do you have as your American League Dr. Good Job Award? All right, for the Dr. Good Job Award, a guy that definitely needed Dr. Good Job for a lot of different uh, purposes, getting stronger. Maybe not the number one of them, but maybe getting more consistent is the one. And I'm going to the former Mets draft pick, Seattle Mariner outfielder, Jared Kelnick. Do I think that, am I on the Kelnick hype train? Slightly, ever so slightly. This year, I think that there's a big red flag with the home runs that he has, considering that a lot of them have been cookies right down the middle. But at the same time, He's getting more consistent. Teammates are talking about how his attitude is changing. Teammates are talking about how 
much different his approach is looking. Plus, also, if you've ever watched any of his spring training at bats, you'll see there's been some major mechanical changes, including the fact that he's no longer shrinking down as much and now is having almost closer to an Eugenio Suarez approach, which is much more upright and then leaning into it. So I think that he's going to have a big chance this year, and he's going to have a lot of pressure on him too. Uh, to improve, considering that the Mariners already have a glut of outfielders to compete alongside. But if he can try to work on that contact, he would just get that batting average up to, say, like 240. If he get 240, 250, I will be more than impressed. I will be more than happy to have him as the next number, as the, the next big left fielder for Seattle. So right now, I have to go with Kelnick. I think I'm I like what I'm seeing. I'm just being a little tentative on it. I think Kelnick is a perfectly fine pick. He's a guy that I can make that jump from I'm just gonna say bad player relative, bad player to being a productive player. And I'm gonna use most improved a little bit differently. I'm taking a guy who was great and a small sample size, and I think he's going to be even better. He's a guy that I think is going to win not win MVP, get MVP votes, win a silver slugger and be a gold glove finalist. That is Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals. 135 OPS plus last year, walked more than he struck out. But my thing, I compare him to Freddie Freeman. I I see a young Freddie Freeman who walks a little bit more, doesn't strike out quite as much. And I just see the doubles off the wall in Kaufman and eventually those doubles are going to be home runs. And I think he is going to be a monster. He hit 295 last year. I am going to say he pushes 300 pushes past 300 pushes in his on base past 400 slugs over 500. So you get that illustrious 300, 400, 500 club, 30 doubles, at least 20 home runs. And he's going to play adequate enough defense to be a gold glove finalist at first base. So it's time for the Italian nightmare to enter the lexicon. Yeah, I know, man. Pasquantino, I think, is going to be an absolute beast. Uh, I had a couple names here, but the guy I'm going with is Joey Gallo. And I know this might throw people completely off because he struck out so much last year. I know Yankee fans begged for him to get traded. And they're like, oh, my God, he couldn't handle New York. Where where does he get traded? He gets traded to Los Angeles, which is just as big of a market. Uh, so I think going to Minnesota is going to help him greatly. I think he's I think he's going to improve so much. Uh, I was a huge Gallo fan when he was in Texas. I'm really disappointed in what happened in the past couple of years. But a 219 Babbitt, I think. There's no way that happens again. Plus, he still had a hard hit rate of over 50% this year, 50.5%. Uh, his ground ball rate was still low, and his fly ball rate was 39.4%. I mean, this guy barrels the ball up. I think now getting away from those big markets like New York and Los Angeles are going to help him so much. So I, I'm going to pick Gallo. I understand you can't – for him, it's probably hard to get any lower than his numbers last year, but I have Gallo as my – Dr. Good job winner in the AL. And now let's move over to the NL. Uh, Splash, you go first on this one. Okay, Mac, you uh, kind of took the cookie out of the cookie jar in the American League. I'm going to take the cookie out of the cookie jar in the National League. Eddie Rosario is bouncing back, baby. Most improved player in the National League. Listen, he had a killer spring, both with Puerto Rico and with the Braves. And it's under the hood stuff. And I. this is what is fascinating to me, that the raw stats 
he didn't have a huge world baseball classic in terms of the actual production. He had a, hit a couple home runs and he's hit a couple home runs in the spring with the Braves the last week or so, but it's the consistent hard hit. It is the consistent approach at the plate. And he looks a lot more like the Eddie Rosario that hit 30 home runs back when he was in the AL central than the Eddie Rosario last year that had eye problems. So Eddie Rosario is my Dr. Good Job Award. And yes, it makes my heart so happy that Mac, the one of us that did not play MLB Power Pros as a kid, is the one talking about Dr. Good Job. Okay, I didn't want to say it, but that definitely is what I've been thinking of too. Um, I might as well go next then. Uh, for mine, I kind of went a little bit more on the idea that Splash had during uh, your American League. I'm going for one that had that actually did an improvement in 2022 but I think it's going to improve again in 2023. And this is more of a comeback than anything else. I am going in the National League, keeping alongside, as I was a former teammate of Mookie Betts. I'm doing it. It's Cody Bellinger. I think that Bellinger with the Cubs now, especially, he is going to have a very interesting season. We saw the improvements in 2022, like bring up just a couple of stats to work along with, uh, with him he had a 1.2 war in 2022 which wasn't you know the greatest but it also wasn't horrible and the fact that he raises batting average up from 165 in 2021 to 210 in 2022 is a vast improvement and an ops plus of 44 to 78 the big thing with him is that he's got the defense we, i love like watching him defensively, no matter where you put him, he can be any of the outfield slots, even first base if you really, really need to. But putting him, he's a great defensive player, and it's just about whether or not he's going to make contact. Because if he does, that ball just freaking explodes. He's going to get the play in time with the Cubs. I think that if you give him the time and you let him just work on getting that stroke right, he is going to be an absolute threat. While he may not make the Cubs, the number one team in the central, because that belongs to devil magic team. But I think that he's going to definitely elevate that team. So I'm going to go with a, almost a similar archetype to my AL pick. My pick in the NL is O'Neill Cruz. Uh, Cruz hits the daylights out of the ball. I mean, this guy is so strong. I feel like every time he makes contact, the ball just absolutely explodes off his bat. Yes, he strikes out a lot, but it, his month of September, we started seeing those flashes of what we think he can be. He finished the year with an 884 OPS in September, hit six homers, stole five bases. I mean, this this is a guy who I think over the course of a full season can be a 30-30 guy. Uh, he needs to work on his defense. He's a great throwing arm. I honestly don't think he should be playing shortstop, but – He's so much fun to watch. I think he's going to have a huge season. He's going to be a big driving force behind these Pirates teams that are going to be young and up and coming uh, these next few years. So, anyways, that that is all of uh, that. Those are our award picks for the 2023 season. Let us know what you think. You can make sure and go tell us at LAR underscore baseball on Twitter. But, anyways, moving on. Uh, last night, uh, not recorded. We did a wins above replacement draft. We basically drafted teams, uh, fantasy draft style of players we think will lead each position in war. We're sort of tracking it both on baseball reference and fan graph. So I'm going to throw it to Splash 
to reveal the results of our draft. Absolutely. So Mac coming in has Sean Murphy at catcher, Paul Goldschmidt at first base, Andres Jimenez at second base, Manny Machado at third base, Trey Turner at shortstop. His outfield is Jordan Alvarez, Byron Buxton, Aaron Judge, DHing, Shohei Otani, Corbin Burns as his starting pitcher, Ryan Helsley as his relief pitcher, and Corbin Carroll as his rookie. Alex comes in with JT Romuto behind the dish, Pete Alonso at first, Marcus Simeon at the keystone, Jay Ram at the hot corner, Xander Bogarts at shortstop, Juan Soto, Julio Rodriguez, of course, and Kyle Tucker in the outfield. Joey Manessis as his designated hitter. Sandy on the bump with Josh Hader closing games out, and his rookie is Gunnar Henderson. And I have Adley Rutschman behind the plate, Freddie Freeman at first, Jeff McNeil at second, Nolan Arenado at third, Francisco Lindor at short. My outfield is Stephen Kwan, Mike Trout, and Mookie Betts. Bryce Harper, half a season at DH, Shane Bieber starting games, Emmanuel Classe closing the door, and Masataka Yoshida as my rookie. Uh, 12 picks each. We went in a, not a snake draft, but example, Alex got the first pick of catcher, then I got the first pick at first base, then Matt got the first pick at second base, and we alternated through that. So I'm excited. Um, according to fan graphs, I have the slight edge in terms of accumulated war, projected war, but it's within a with a win and a half. I'm at 49 war. Alex is at 48. Mac is at 47, but this is going to be exciting. We can keep track throughout the season. Maybe give bi-weekly updates, monthly updates, something like that. Yeah, no, I think that's going to be a lot of fun, especially considering the fact that, you know, I've never done a war draft. The idea was brought up to me and I thought, oh, this is, this sounds actually pretty cool. But um, no, just overall, I think that like, especially with us doing the draft style that we did, where each four first picks uh, that made it pretty fair. Um, I definitely think though, that this is going to be one that we're going to need to monitor a lot. Cause there's a lot of talent in this. Yeah, for sure. This, I mean, there were, it, there, it was very tough to pick uh, because war is not one of those traditional counting stats that might be easier to project. Uh, so yeah, I had a ton of fun and I really look forward to keeping track of that throughout the year. I honestly wish that was a fantasy category. Uh, I think in some leagues it might be, but not in any of the leagues I'm in, unfortunately. So anyways, thank you for that splash. And, uh, folks, let us know what you think about those rosters. Like I said, I gave you our Twitter handle earlier at LAR on the sport baseball. So make sure you can go chirp us and chirp splash, uh, for seeing if he's keeping track and all that. But, yeah, anyways, let's move on. Like Alex said, at the, I guess as we all alluded to at the opening of today's show, opening day is just a few short days away. At the time we're recording this, it's three days away. We're recording this on March 27th. So we're going to do a little three words only. Uh, fellas, let's do this. Tell me, how are you feeling heading into opening day? Um, I, I'll go first on them, and I think everyone kind of knows where I may be going based on how my intro went uh, today. I am going into baseball excitement overload <laughs> as my three. I'm This is the most excited I think I've ever been for an opening day, especially in my adulthood, which doesn't say a lot given I'm a Mariner fan. But I think that right now, especially since Seattle at this point right now, has a, a ton of expectations on top of them. I 
I just want it to happen. We've been talking so much. That's one of the, the benefits, but also one of the drawbacks of doing a baseball podcast is it just builds that hype even more. The more and more you talk about it, the more and more excited you get about it. And I have been in that constant state of excitement for a while now. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go second here and I'm going to say loving Brandon Godden. The Braves have a new broadcaster this season. Uh, Chip Carey is on his way to St. Louis. I'm going to miss Chip. He had some iconic calls, the Jason Hayward home run call um, on his debut, of course. But Brandon Godden is a joy to listen to. I was listening to the game today, Red Sox, Braves, and just it's effortless. It feels like he's been doing games for 20 years, just doing Braves games for 20 years. He's a lifelong fan of the team, and I'm I'm just pumped to watch baseball and get paid to watch baseball this season. This season. Yeah. So my three words are are this is electric. I mean, I, I I'm going to second what you guys basically said, which is I I couldn't tell you the last time I was this excited for opening day, um, and maybe it's be like because of the expectations I have for the Mets this year, but. I think it's also that coming off of last year where yes, the, the disappointing ending, but like I had so much fun watching them last year that like I've been waiting all off season long just for baseball to come back. That's why I love watching the world baseball classics so much. And like, it's, it's just, I, 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 you know, it, it's like Christmas basically, you know, opening day for me, that's, it, I mean, I, I, I count down every, every year, like from the day the season ends, until the day the season begins it's it's amazing and then we get to do we get to go on the sixth seven month grind uh which i i love getting to watch and getting to take part in so yeah that's our uh those are our three words on opening day uh and as always we like to end our shows with some trivia and today we are blessed to have ryan splash pots hosting that so splash take it away all right, folks, I'm going to unveil a new style of trivia. I don't know if this is going to catch on or not, but I was walking out of the bathroom today and I was thinking about the trivia I originally planned and thought, eh, that's OK. But I am going to do something similar to the Price is Right, actually. But the goal today is to get baseball stats. So I have five statistical milestones and your task, you will go back and forth naming players who have this particular stat and the first person to go over the stat um, loses. Okay. Does that make sense? And you, it's a cumulative stat. All right. I'm following. So, okay. Okay. So for example, if we did MLB team wins last year and the number was 200 and you picked the Braves, they won 101, and then Alex takes someone else. Then you pick the Mets, you lose because the Mets also won 101 games. So you you, you go over 200. I see now how this goes. Okay. Uh, Because I was about ready to say, like, say if we had, like, batting average, I'd go with a player that doesn't, like, that didn't have any (laughs) at-bats. Yeah. Yeah, not going to happen. So five categories. We'll see how this goes. Um, We will start... With hits, the number is 500 and in 
practice, you should try to get close to the number and then you can drop off if you wish, as opposed to naming Francisco Alvarez. Who had so, one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the goal is to get as close to 500 without going over. Let me let me rephrase the rules. Closest to 500 without going over. Uh, Alex, pick heads or tails. Okay, tails. But I'm one thing I'm curious. I just want to make sure: are we picking teams or are we picking players? Players. Uh, you're you're picking players. I just used the oh. team example, so I didn't expose oh, anything. Okay, all right. Flip a coin. And my phone just shut off. That's great. Well, um, I'll, I, I I got a coin. I'll flip. Okay, perfect, perfect. All right, perfect. so I uh, I got heads or tails. Mac, what do you want? Tails. It is tails. Let's go. All right, All right. Mac, you may go first or second. I don't know what I'll, the viable I'll, strategy I'll, is. I'll I'll go first. And this, you said hits. Yes. The and goal the is to get to five hundred hits. And um, if you feel you're close to five hundred hits, you can like stop and let the other person. Try to catch up with you. All right. So okay. I'm going to go first then with mm-hmm. Freddie Freeman. All right. Freddie Freeman. I This is a lot of searching, but uh, I think I can figure it out. Uh, Freddie Freeman is good. Do you guys want to want to keep track of the totals or should I leave? Let that um, be a mystery. I actually like the idea instead of that. If I Sorry if I can do a little off the fly there. The person that goes over gets like a, a loss. It gets like a strike. And whoever okay. gets, whoever loses yep. the most is the loser. Sure. That works. All right. All right. So then I would go next. And do yep. I have to get above what Freddie Freeman had? Uh, no. You, you, well, uh, no, you don't. Just okay. in, in the spirit of the rules, don't go for like Francisco Alvarez. <laughs> um. Okay. So I'm gonna go then with you know what, let's just go Mariners, I guess at this point right now. Let's go Eugenio Suarez. Eugenio Suarez. And did you guys want the totals or do you want to keep that secret? Uh I'm fine with Yeah, sure. Sure, let's go with the totals. Why not? Yeah. Okay. So through one player, Mac is at 199, Alex is at 128. Mac, your turn. All right, I'm going to go with oh. uh, Jeff McNeil. All right, Jeff McNeil. He had a grand total of, he won the batting title for the majors. How many hits yep. did he have? He had 174 hits. Let me plug that in. So that is 199 plus 173. Uh, oh, oh hits. now I think I understand a little more. Uh, We're adding them together. Yes. Oh, yes. oh, yeah. That's not at all how I thought this was going. Okay. Um. <laughs> then Julio. All right, Julio Rodriguez. How many hits did the American League Rookie of the Year have? I don't know how to optimize this process without having a huge <laughs> spreadsheet of players, but that's okay. You could always choose a guy off the spreadsheet, then I'd be totally screwed. Julio had 145 hits in his rookie season. So through two players, Alex is 100 hits behind, quote unquote. Mac is at 373. Alex is at 273. Mac, it is your turn. You are 127 hits from the limit. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go with... Man, uh, I'm I'm trying to do some thinking here, which is tough sometimes. Yes, um, it is true. 
I'm, they I'm, can do I, be like that. <laughs> yep. Try to get as close to 500 without busting. All right. I'm going to go with Sam Haggerty. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That All right. is the third Mariner already. How did I? Uh, how did I not? I expected that. That's legend. How did? How did I not say uh, that with for most approved player? How did I not pick Haggerty? Oh yeah, because he's already the best player in baseball. Got it. All right, Mac. He had forty five hits. You're up to four eighteen. Alex, your turn. You are two hundred twenty seven hits away. Unless you choose Prime Ichiro, you're not going over. Cool. Let's go with. Uh, uh, let's go with Ty. Uh, let's go with Ty France. Okay, another Mariner. Uh, I, I, like I said, I'm only going Mariners for this because you okay. did not put the limiter on that. Fair point. Uh, Ty France had 151 hits. You are going in the uh, opposite direction. You have now taken the lead. You are at 424 hits. Mac, you are at 418. So oh. Alex, as or uh, Mac, as the one further away now, as both of you are within reason of 500, you, the ball is in your court, you must pick a player that qualifies ah that qualifies what do you mean no that like it doesn't go over 82 because then you lose oh my god okay There's someone I... between at least six but uh to pass alex but not more than 82 okay darren ruff uh that Recent was a, a rough victim. pick um but darren ruff had 68 hits in 2020 oh. You are up to 486. Alex, the ball is in your court. You have to get uh, fewer than 76 hits. Okay. And I um, guess if, if you don't get to if you don't get to max total, you have to go again. We'll say that. Okay. Let's go with Kelnick. Uh Jared Kelnick. I'm sticking Alex's... to my guns. I'm only picking Mariners. <laughs> Alex's uh, pick kind of pays off, kind of doesn't. He only had 23 hits, so you must (laughs) go again. You are 53 (sighs) hits away from 500. Oh, dang. Okay. Well, I'm I'm not breaking my rule 100%. I'm going with a former Mariner. I want to go with the man, the myth, the legend, and Daniel Vogelbach. Daniel Vogelbach. Oh, Here we go. Let's go, Vogel guy. Daniel Vogelbach had 92 hits. He had 92 hits. Good night, that dude. means that There's is a no bust. Way. <laughs> and Mac, you have won the first round. Of course. All right. I don't lose. There you go. That's a lot. Okay. Um, the second topic, going to be a little tighter. 100 home runs. Okay. Oh. Alex, you may begin. All right. Well, this is gonna shock absolutely zero people, but I'm ki- I'm keeping with Mariners. Oh my god! As dude. I'm staying again. Look, <laughs> I'm gonna have fun with this if yeah, I can. Yeah, I Fair it. enough. I'm gonna I'm going to go again with the American League Rookie of the Year winner in uh, Julio Rodriguez. Okay, and uh, while I'm looking up his home run number, uh, let's have a let's make a rule. If you get the number on the nose, you get two points. If you get a number oh. on the nose, you just win. <laughs> okay. That, that, 28 home dark. runs for Julio Rodriguez. Mac, you are next. I'm going to go with Aaron Judge for obvious reasons. Okay, I'm not going to bother looking that up. That's 62. Alex, yes. you're on the clock. Okay, cool. Eugenio Suarez. Oh, my goodness. 
<laughs> Just got to pull up the Mariners depth chart from last year, and I think I'll get it. <laughs> yeah. Basically. I mean, this is on you at this point. I don't know what you're talking That's a good about. point. All right. Uh, so Suarez had 31 home runs. That brings your total to 59, which means you have to go again, Alex. Cool. Next up, we're going to go with. Uh... Oh, actually, who do I want to go with this one? This one's a little bit more interesting. I'm going to go with. You know, I already said his name, Ty France. <laughs> All right. A country so nice, they named a first baseman after him. Thank you for the Kelly Kelly reference. No. Um, uh, so you are up to 79 ding-dongs, sir. Oh, no, I went too far. Dang it. Mac, it oh, is well. your turn. Okay. My turn. I'm going to go with Jordan Alvarez. Your ding dong Alvarez, Robbie Ray's father. You, sorry, Alex. No, you're not. <laughs> not sorry at all. Actually, uh, your ding dong Alvarez had thirty-seven home runs. That brings max total to ninety-nine. Oh, yeah. So, oh, Alex, gosh, the combo. You are in a spot that you must get one hundred on the nose. Gosh. However, all right. if you do get a hundred on the nose, you can have players as you want to get there. <laughs> If you do, you take a 2-1 lead. So Mac has called his shot. It is your time to respond, and you can take the lead if you can. Okay. Oops, 21 how, runs. How, okay, so I'm at 21. I have to get left, right? Yes. Okay. Let's see here. I may need to actually be a little bit more strategic with this <laughs> than just Mariners. No, what am I talking about? Vogel God, let's go! <laughs> okay, uh, Daniel, <laughs> that'd be hilarious if you bust on Vogel box twice. <laughs> Yes, it would be. Uh, Vogelbach had 18 home runs in 2022. <laughs> you are three away. You are three away, Alex. Oh, man. Okay. I have ties, three wins, four you lose. Oh, that's Pressure's on, man. What Mariners didn't have a whole lot of homers last year? Oh, um, oh man. Because my first inclination, this is not my pick. Um, okay. My first inclination was Kelnick, but I, can't, I think he had more than three. <laughs> and the other one was Haggerty, but I know he's had more than three. He hit about 1,400 this year. So let's see. What players? Okay. I think, I know he had at least one. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay. So Adam Frazier. Adam Frazier. Oh, boy, Alberto. Adam Frazier. Mariners legend, Alex, you get two points. He had exactly oh, three. Let's go! Let's what? Go! He called a shot. Matt called a shot. Alex approached the challenge and takes a 2 1 no way, lead. Adam Frazier, three man. Get out. Uh, I will say this I watched one of his home runs. That was the most BS thing I've ever seen. It was against Boston. Where he hit it into the exact, like, I mean, the exact cube of like the he's the least distance for a home run could be in right field. Like Beautiful. it, it was a perfect line drive. They just went, you know, it even had a little slice to it. I'm like, even hey, he was like, like, okay, cool. Looks like your golf shot. It looked like a golf Beep. shot. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's go. Mac, you're on the clock. Now the topic, oh, 100 man. steals. Steals. Oh yes. Man. The heck steals bases these days. 
Yeah, not uh, Daniel Vogelbach. Daniel <laughs> <laughs> I, he will. Uh, he will, though, now with the uh, larger bases. Yes. Give me John, John Birdie. John Birdie. Oh, and I, I didn't mention this, but don't choose the same players as your opponent. What? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I thought you were going to say but... just choose the same players as earlier games. <laughs> uh, no, Which, that uh... that's fine. Uh, Alex, your turn. <laughs> John Birdie at 41 home uh, 41 home runs. That's not going to happen. 41 steals to lead the majors. Alex, your turn. Surprising exactly zero people, Julio. Oh, my goodness. I should just keep his page up. You, you on said that last time. time, but you haven't done it. That's on you. Julio Rodriguez at 25 steals. Alex, it is your turn again. Well, let me guess. Okay. Another Mariner. I mean, obviously, it's Sam Haggerty. Okay. What? Sam Haggerty um, actually stole a good few bases last year. Uh, by a good few, you mean 13. He, you were up to 38. So it is once again your turn. Cool. I don't think I know anyone else who stole bases. Um, <laughs> uh, good news for you. You're not going to bust on this one because no one stole 63 bases yet. <sighs> um, okay. Let's go with... Uh... Do I do I keep my trend of only picking Seattle Mayor? I can't. I can't anymore. Uh, it was fun while it lasted. I'm Ooh, going. Okay, cool. <laughs> Sounds good. Let's go. We're going to tie France. Let's go. Oh my goodness! If you he had zero, me, so. if he had zero, you lose. Okay, that's fine. Okay, okay. Since we didn't institute that rule before you named the player, he did have zero, but. You can okay. guess again, but cool. in, for future uh, reference, you can't say like Max Fried had zero home runs. Yeah, cool. Um, I I mean there would be no point to it most at that, that point. Um, mm-hmm. okay, then Kelnick. All right, Jared Kelnick probably had zero also. That would no, be he hilarious. Had... No, he had some. He had some speed. He had five. So Mac, I mean, I, it is I your am turn. Speed. <laughs> uh, Alex forty three, Mac forty one. Mac, it is your turn. Uh, give me Starling Marte. The Marte Parte is coming in. He got caught a lot this year. Um, yeah. The Marte Parte gets you up to 59. Nice. Right. Alex, your turn. Okay. I'm going to go with J.P. Crawford. J.P. Crawford. I do like the rule that I instituted that the, the person – farther away has to choose because then you can't Very just golf. sandbag like oh francisco alvarez had one home run yeah okay <laughs> uh jp crawford had three steals so alex your turn again so what number am i at now 46 you are 54 away from the goal and okay, cool. for what it's worth you can well you might not be able to okay never mind go ahead okay um i'm going to go with dylan moore Dylan Moore. He was on my fantasy team a couple years ago. <laughs> also, rest in peace, Team Blow Me, a legendary team. That's the only fantasy baseball league I've ever won. Uh, Dylan Moore had 21 steals, so you're up hey, to 67 nice. total. Mac, oh, it is wow. your turn. No, you cannot say John Birdie again. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with another Met then. I'll go with Francisco Lindor. Uh, Frankie had Mr. Smile. Uh, one of the weirder nicknames. 
It it fit when he was with Cleveland, but now he like boos his own fans. He had 16 steals. He's up to 75, or you're up to 75. Alex, oh, back to you. Okay, so I'm gonna go with uh with Adam Frazier. Okay, Mariners Probably legend. Zero. He is the backup second baseman on the Mariners all-time team, only to Robinson Cano. Nope. Uh, Unironically true. Uh, Adam Frazier had 11 steals last year. You're up to 78. Max, ball is Okay, so I need, to, I need to clarify something, though, real quick here. Yes. Um. Oh, so I did not look at any players. I'll be clear on that just because I know this, like, sk- st- uh, there could be people looking. I looked at how many steals the Mariners had last year <laughs> as a full team. Because I figured, could I pick all Mariners? And uh, their total's eighty three, <laughs> so I Jesus. cannot. I can't go with all Mariners on this one. Uh, also, uh. Uh, the only way you lose is picking prime Ricky Henderson, basically. So uh, <laughs> I, I tried to keep it there. So Mac, it is your turn. Oh my god! Uh, okay. what, what, what's my total left? By the way, Splash you are at seventy eight. Mac is at seventy five. Okay. okay. Uh forget how many this guy stole i'm gonna go with jt real muto mr jason kendall in the flesh had 21 steals you're up to 96 mac oh my gosh alex keep putting me on you keep putting me on this man um hmm okay i'm gonna go shohei otani because i know he stole a few Shohei Otani had 11 stolen bases. So it's still on you, Alex. You are up to 89 steals. Hey, I need another. To be fair, I've now gotten two players with 11 steals now. Yes. Um, If you do that again, actually, yeah, if you do that again, uh, you get to four points. (laughs) I just win at that point. Um, And Mac could get, Mac could win the next two categories like that, I guess. I guess, yeah. Well, we also need to make sure because we're getting close to time. I know that's true. So, that's true. So, so hurry it up. <laughs> so I, I think this should. I think this is probably the. This will probably have to be the last one. Okay. Um, I have no idea if this guy even stole bases last year, but maybe he did. I'm gonna go with new Mariner AJ Pollock. Call me Jackson Pollock mm-hmm. because he splatters MCs. Um, that is a uh, ERB reference. He had three steals. It is your turn again. All right, so I'm Boy. at 92 now. I'm doing the long game at this point now. This um, is the sandbag game. You know, I'm actually really curious now. I don't think he did, but at this point, I may just go with a zero because I, I don't want to go over because there's a few other names I can think of. That well, if you go done. with a zero. Oh, that's right. I also just lose that then too anyway. Um, you know what? It's I feel like I'm probably, gonna, I'm probably going to go over on this, but I don't know. Um. Aaron Judge? A.A. Ron. A.A. Ron Judge. Sends you way over. He had 16 yeah, steals. He, yeah, oh, did he have 16? Oh, okay. yeah. yeah, fair enough. Dang uh, All right. So that's a tie. Uh, <laughs> shall we do one category, but I cut the number to reach in half? Up to you, Mac. Yeah, sure. Let's let's do that just, just for a tiebreaker. Yeah. All right. We have pitcher strikeouts. The number to reach is 250. Oh, and Alex, you go first. Yeah. Okay. At 250 strikeouts, um, pitcher strikeouts. Yeah. Pitcher strikeouts. I'm going to go Garrett Cole. Uh, Garrett Cole 
puts you in a really awkward situation. <laughs> because and it puts me in an awkward situation because I have to scroll down and my baseball reference page doesn't load very well. Um he puts you in the awkward situation because he had 257. Oh, son of a gun. <laughs> so, Mac, you can name any pitcher in baseball that did not have 251 strikeouts and you win. But he uh, has sorry. to have at least one or we have to go to a new Yeah, I, I, Yeah, I, I, I realized that. So I'm going to go. No. Oh, my gosh. Go <laughs> say Luis Torrens. Say Luis Torrens. Uh, I'm, I'm going with Corbin Burns. Uh, Corbin Burns, I am going to have to verify this because he did have a lot of strikeouts. Leave it 243, if I'm not mistaken. That sounds about right. Actually, if I had kept it at 500, maybe you would have gotten Burns, then Cole, and then won again. Maybe. Um, That would have been pretty nice. Uh, Corbin Burns led the National League, 243 strikeouts. Mac is the smart. champion. Snatching victory, or snatching defeat, ah. or, no, snatching victory from the jaws of defeat to topple I'm Alex. so good at this game. Who, that how, was... am I the, how am I the underdog when I haven't won a single one of these trivias? <laughs> how am I the under, toppling Alex? I'm like, yeah, it's kind of like pushing over a domino. But... <laughs> Congratulations, uh, Mac. That was uh, an exhilarating you. game. Um, oh, man. <laughs> I like the back and forth. Also, yeah. shout out to Alex for getting 100 home runs on the nose. Uh, yeah, I big can't time stuff I mean, that, man. I mean, it makes sense, you know, ding dong, you know? Yeah, ding dong. Oh, so uh, thank you guys oh. for participating in trivia. Congratulations, Mac. All right, well, thank, thank you for putting that together, Splash. Um, that, wow, that, that was... That was, that was pretty exciting. I won't lie. Um, anyway, we like to end every episode with the moment to ourselves. So uh, 60 seconds on the clock just to speak about, what's ever on, what, about what is, whatever is on your mind. Who here wants to go first on this one? Alex, you yeah, first. I'll Let go. me just get the stopwatch. Or Al- Alex is going to go first. Let me get just yep. get the stopwatch up. All right, your time begins in three, two, one. So right now, I get, like I talked about earlier, MLB The Show 23 is out, and I am absolutely loving it. But for one real big reason for it, two reasons actually, is all the new players that have either never touched Amer- uh, MLB soil or from the storyline this year that has been going on, uh, were a bunch of players from another league. I'm not sure if I'm able to say this on air or not. Um, are as so I have come up, so I and we're getting to see some amazing stories from players that really didn't either didn't get a chance in the MLB for reasons I can't talk about or for like for other or players that only got to go in really late in their careers. Also, we're getting to see WBC players like Japanese players, Australian players. Like we're now learning about the legend of Robbie Glendening, who is awesome. We're learning about, about all these Japanese players. Like again, there's so many players I love that I finally am getting to play with these guys. It is an amazing time. Go pick up MLB the show. You will not be you will not be sorry. All right. Yeah, no, I I I am excited about it. I, I still need to download MLB the show. I'm looking forward to it though. Uh Splash, you look like did you want to go second or or shall I go? I can't tell Splash. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I can go. All right. So hang on one second. Let me reset the stopwatch. All right, no three. Two, one. So I'm going to go in a little bit of a different direction. Uh, Mark Appel was, I believe, released by the Phillies this week, and it seems that his baseball career is coming to an end. And I have a very small connection to Appel. Uh, When I was in high school, I did History Bowl at Nationals. And one of the questions I got 
right off the bat was about Mark Appel because he's from or was drafted originally by the Houston Astros. And the clue was about Mark Appel and I got Houston. And that is one instance that gave me the confidence to continue to buzz in, even if I got answers wrong. And that's a big reason why I love trivia as much as I do and why I became the national sports entertainment champion when I was in high school, because I had the the wherewithal to buzz in when I knew the answer. And I'd, I'd like to thank Mark Appel for impacting my life in a very small way and making my life more enjoyable and giving me the, the, uh, the feeling of being the best in the world at some, the best in the country at something like he was at baseball once in his life. So thank you, Mark. Yeah. And Mark, Mark Appel, I feel like, uh, you know, he, he went through a lot to get to the majors. I, I was just happy he got, he was able to make it last year. Uh, anyways, uh, I'll get started in three, two, one. So obviously baseball season is getting underway. The Mets have their home open next week. I just want to talk a little bit about the new food items coming to City Field this year. And, oh, my God, this is going to be ridiculous. Some of these things, that the donut fried chicken sandwiches, the donut milkshakes, the insane-looking just food items all over the all over the place at every which way. And like one of my favorite things about going to a new ballpark, especially is what type of concessions do they have? And I'm telling you, if you're an out of towner, you have to hit up city field. Be partially, whether or not you're a baseball fan, this food, the food options at city field are going to be second to none. I cannot wait to get back to city field this year. Eat like I'm still in high school, which I'm not. Eat like I'm still in college, I guess, which right? yeah, I'm not even, I'm not a college athlete either. So I'm looking forward to that. And I'm just I'm so excited to be able to go to games again this year. So anyway, that is our moment to ourselves. So anyway, uh, that will do it for us tonight. Uh, thank you to all of you for tuning in. Thank you to Alex and Splash for coming on. Make sure to follow all of us on Twitter. Make sure to follow Splash at Mr. Splashman19. Follow Alex at the Sports Guy two four two and follow myself at Matthias underscore a underscore k and of course follow the losses above replacement Twitter account at lar underscore baseball. Make sure you go in there. Let us know how you feel about our picks and all that jazz. And Splash has been putting in the amazing work of putting out all those uh, MLB Power Pros graphics for us. So, uh, like I said, thank you all for listening, and I hope to see you all real soon. <laughs>